My name is Minu Kim, associate pastor here. Uh, and yeah, we're switching things a little bit here. Again, we welcome you uh, to today's worship and also those who are joining us online. Uh, we are thankful that we get to worship together on this second Sunday in Lent. Today's scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, from verses from 1 to 17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. And what is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses has lifted up lifted serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Pray with me for a moment. Almighty God, you are with us. You are with us this morning whether we are inside of your church or at home listening. As we are being sensitive to your presence, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today's sermon is titled, Blessed are the Curious. So who are the curious in our midst? Who are the curious in our lives? You. I think the most obvious answers are our children. We are familiar with all of their whys. My daughter, Senna, who's turning three next week, she's been starting saying whys all the time, but more, not out of curiosity, but more as a form of resistance. But we, we are all familiar with, the, with their whys, why, 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 why. But what makes children 
more curious compared to us adults? Is it their willingness to learn something new? Is it them being unafraid and unashamed to ask questions? Does it have to do with their unassuming nature to accept that they do not have all the answers? Is it about them having a childlike imagination that is not bound by their knowledge or experience? When was the last time curiosity hijacked your brain and your heart? When you couldn't stop thinking about someone or when you were dying to know about something? I'll be very honest. I'm curious about my second child who is due next month, what she will be like, her personality, her looks, her everything. But I am not as curious as I was before for our first pregnancy when we were expecting our child, first child, Santa. And I'll be very honest again. Exactly one year ago, I learned that I would be appointed here at St. Stephen's in July 2022. And I was dying to know who you were. Now, after eight months, not as much. <laughs> I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm so curious. I still poke around. I still ask questions. But I'm not losing my sleep over it. If you can somewhat relate to me here, then I think we can all agree that what often stifles our curiosity is familiarity. And what familiarity breeds is certainty or worse, apathy. That is why children are so curious. Everything around them is things unfamiliar. And that's why we grown-ups are not so much curious because we favor what is familiar. Blessed are the curious. In this Lenten season, we, as we examine our faith and our discipleship in Christ, as we are reminded of what I call, what I love to call our faith journey, I think this quote floating around the internet describes my understanding of Christian discipleship perfectly. It says, blessed are the curious for they shall have adventures. This faith adventure is also a relationship. It is a communal journey with God and with one another. Curiosity is often a language of love. And what often kills relationships is a lack of curiosity. Sometimes we must intentionally try to rekindle curiosity, our curiosity, to save relationships. I believe in the God who is curious about us. Of course, we believe in God who is omniscient, who knows everything, who knows all things, yet God is still curious about us, each one of us, because God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Yet, have you ever wondered why the Son of God had to be born as a baby and live 30 years with us before he began his ministry. The all-knowing, the all-powerful God surely could have sent Jesus in his strongest form to accomplish the divine mission. Yet, the Son of God was born amongst us 
in the humblest way and live with us as fully human. I believe this was because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And God chose to be with us because of love. And if God weren't so curious about us, it would have made more sense for God to send the Son into the world to condemn the world. For what kills relationship is a lack of curiosity. But today's scripture says otherwise. Blessed are the curious. Of course, this is not written in the Bible, but this phrase reminds me of the words Jesus said to Thomas later in the Gospel of John. It says, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have come to believe. Our belief in Christ, our faith, is not simply built upon the things visible, physical, seen, and and comprehensible. But God wants us to see the invisible, a deeper reality, through the visible. This is why God sent Jesus Christ to us as fully human and fully divine for us to see the invisible father through the visible son this is why we are gifted with both the holy spirit and the church for us to walk with the invisible christ through the visible community our faith requires more of a hope-filled curiosity to see a deeper reality to come to believe what is invisible spiritual, unseen, and incomprehensible. This is why our Christian discipleship is more of a journey into the unknown, a deeper reality where two seemingly contradictory things can be true at once, which Kate Bowler, the author of our devotional, describes. She says, a reality where Jesus is from this world and not of this world, where Jesus is human and the Son of God, where Jesus will be humiliated and exalted upon the cross, where Jesus died and still lives, where Jesus is the sign of God's love and the one who asks us to have faith in things we cannot yet see. At the beginning of chapter John chapter 3, which we read, Jesus tried to explain this reality to Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a leader, and most importantly, a person who followed Jesus' ministry. Just before today's story, in, Job, in Job, John chapter 2, at the, at the end of John chapter 2, it says, many people noticed, sign, noticed the signs Jesus was displaying, and seeing they pointed straight to God, entrusted their lives to him, But Jesus did not entrust his life to them. He knew them inside and out, knew how untrustworthy they were. He didn't need any help in seeing right through them. See, the Gospel of John we just read is often known as the Gospel of signs, referring to miracles. Many people gave their lives to Jesus not only because they witnessed these signs with their own eyes, but also because they anticipated receiving these signs for the transformation of their own lives. Yet we are told from the early on that Jesus did not 
trust those who followed him because of his signs. And Nicodemus was one of them. And it was this Nicodemus who approached Jesus at night just to tell him that he believed Jesus came from God for no one can do these signs apart from God's presence. But here, Jesus confronted Nicodemus, saying that no one can see God's kingdom without being born from above. By now, I hope you're wondering why I'm using the phrase born from above instead of born again, which we are more familiar to. And it is because it is both. Its Greek word has a double meaning of both again and from above. Nicodemus was stuck with one level of thinking, being born again, and could not see beyond it. He was stuck with what was familiar to him, so he could not see a deeper reality that Jesus was pointing to. To us, that reality is one in which our sins are washed away and we are called to live a life led by the Spirit of God. Nicodemus believed because he became familiar with Jesus' physical signs. Thus, he was stuck with the idea of physical birth only, asking Jesus how one could go back to the mother's womb. To this, Jesus responded by saying it is both, being born of water and of the Spirit, both physical and spiritual, both visible and invisible, both seen and unseen, and living a new life that, it, that lives into this deeper reality that is both comprehensible and incomprehensible. Yes, we might be familiar with the story of, of Jesus feeding the 5,000, but do we also see the, its deeper reality that he is the bread of life? Yes, we might be familiar with Jesus healing the blind person, yet do we see its deeper reality that Jesus is the light of the world? Yes, we might be familiar with the words in the Bible but do we also see its deeper reality that Jesus is the word who lives in us? Yes, we might be familiar with the bread and the cup visibly placed on our altar, but do we, see, do we also see its deeper reality that God's grace, God's invisible grace is ready to be poured out to, into your lives? Yes, we might be familiar, familiar with the sweet sound of Easter morning, but do we also see the deeper reality of Jesus inviting us to walk alongside of him to the cross daily? Nicodemus serves as a stereotype for those who live in a state of certainty with things familiar to him, yet fail to see what is beyond their experience and knowledge unable to understand the deeper reality of God's kingdom. The more I reflect on this story, the more I feel that Jesus was a bit too harsh on Nicodemus. It is not, it is not true that Nicodemus was only interested in Jesus' signs. He recognized that Jesus was from God, and he was curious enough to visit him at night. Did Nicodemus interrupt Jesus' sleep? 
is that why Jesus is being too harsh. Or maybe Jesus' words served as an abrupt wake-up call to those, all of us, who, like Nicodemus, have been on this faith journey for a long time, or for those whose faith has become too familiar. Sometimes even the season of Lent becomes a familiar routine for many of us, something we just go through, something that no longer evokes our curiosity. Perhaps we are stuck like Nicodemus, despite our best intentions. But this is not a message where I ask you to become more curious. Rather, this message is this message for us today is, about, is to recognize curiosity as a love language that points us to a deeper reality of God's kingdom. This is a message where we seek curiosity as a gift from God so that whenever we see it, whether within ourselves or on others, that we are to embrace it rather than suppress it. Blessed are those who doubt, who search, and who seek. Blessed are those who ask hard questions with no easy answers. Blessed are those who wrestle with the paradoxes of faith. And blessed are those who welcome the nuances of life. Blessed are those who admit that they don't have all the answers. Blessed are those who are willing to learn something new. Blessed are those with childlike imaginations. Blessed are the dreamers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who welcome new adventures despite risk. Blessed are the curious. During this season of Lent, I pray that we may be reminded of God who is so curious about us. And I pray that we may open our eyes to see the one who is always with us, even in our pain, shame, and brokenness. And I pray that God's radical love sparks curiosity in us for God, for one another, and even for ourselves so that we may see the deeper reality of God's kingdom revealed and hidden all around us. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.